Welcome to No Green Eggs and Ham, a podcast about nothing and everything. It's not a show where we take jabs at the infamous Dr. Seuss, but where we dive into topics like art, weird inventions, pop culture, and anything having to do with cubby-wubby womb room tea. So throw on some clothes. Grab a coffee and ignore your responsibilities as you listen to the Just OK Sounds with your host, me, Sam I Am. Here we go. I saw a meme the other day that said, we're five days into 2021, here's hoping 2022 is better. Sounds about right. This is going to be a, an interesting year, I believe, but I think it's uh, also going to reveal a lot that, you know, we, we didn't know, and a lot that is unseen, and uh, we're going to, you know, more advancements and more progression to, into different aspects of life and uh, i don't know i 2020 wasn't a disaster in all aspects and i'm not going to trivialize all the bad that happened i lost an aunt and and, uh, a grandmother this year one from covid and the other well covid and, and a slew of other illnesses and one was 94 and so I, I do get the pain aspect of it. Plus the economy shutting down and everything. I mean, there are so many businesses that are, are shutting down. It, it's it's insane. It really is. And I'm not taking that lightly at all. But I'm also looking at what was good. And there were a lot of good things that came out of last year or occurred during the year. Uh, for me personally, it was spending time with my family. You know, a lot more working from home and seeing my girls grow up and spending time outside with them. That was a big theme, especially during the spring, the summer, and fall. It was outside a lot more. So that was great. You know, it, we were able to ride around on bikes and scooters, and we got to see people and hang out with them as well. You know, everything was distance, but it was still a great time. I finished a book not reading a book. I I did read some books, but I finished writing a book, my first book. I painted a picture for the first time. I built a lamp with my own hands out of wood and metal and started this whole thing with creating more lamps, you know, and and just doing things. It was, there was a lot lot last year that I actually liked. And I'm looking forward to 2021 and seeing what happens because now my book is being edited as we speak and here's for hoping that that whole process is is good and easy and you know rewarding and you know prepares me for the next book that i've already started as well and that i started last year or in 2020 as well so not all is lost and i do appreciate it i have found in my life that even through tragedy something good comes out of it It might not be right away. Obviously, it's not right away, but it does come. After my accident, I lost a career. My whole life was spent doing this one thing, and then that was taken. But at the same time, I was removed from a bad situation. 
I met like a whole new family. I met my wife during this and we have two girls. So would that have happened if I had stayed in Nebraska? Probably not. So I went the, the path that I had to go to to get where I am now. A lot of tragedies along the way, but I'm a much better person for it. So I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for going through 2020. So for today, I wanted to read another writing prompt that I did. And uh, this one is pretty short. Let me read the writing prompt and then I'll explain a little bit of it. Okay. This is from Reddit and from a user called Eddie Echo. You are not King Arthur. You are not Merlin or Galahad or any of the Knights of the Round Table. You are the smith that forged Excalibur in the first place, and you're sick and tired of never getting any credit for it. I like the whole King Arthur mythology and stuff, and so that's what drew me to it. I immediately thought of this blacksmith who is, like, just fed up. You know, a blacksmith was, was there to, to build and to create things and, you know, forge weapons and shoe horses and, you know, build. Build and build and build it. All day long, warm or cold, he was still by a blazing hot fire. And to think, like, I, I thought of, like, an older blacksmith who's aged, who's been through it all, and who's fed up, you know, fed up with, like, not getting the recognition he deserves. So, in writing this, I looked up some, like, old... Uh, medieval terms and stuff like that and I put all that in there and so it, it might sound funny but I was uh, motivated by the era. Here's my submission for this writing prompt and I called it the Bane of Excalibur. Oh and people have complained about my impressions. Okay no one's, no one's actually complained it was just me. I'm, I don't think I'm gonna do impressions in this one so just you know you, you'll get it. What do I think of our king? The blacksmith asked as he brought his hammer down onto iron, sending sparks and bits of metal out like raindrops of fire. I'll tell you what I think of that cotter. Reginald, now angry at the young grapper who disturbed his work with such an insulting query, threw the piece of metal he was molding into the fire and turned to face the boy with hammer still in hand. If it weren't for that thief in a tanger, Merlin, Arthur ne'er would a become king. Was I given a glebe or a cage? No, and furthermore, that fancy gent Merlin should count his thine mine, and as it were, my gladius that made him reeve. Oh, and don't ye get me blood going on those dandy jesters of the round table. Lancelot is a mud-bathing son of a pig and jester of the lot. The young man stared nervously at the blacksmith, who was glaring with an intensity at nothing in particular. His knuckles were white as the grasp around the hammer grew tighter. After an uncomfortable amount of time, the young man, who was holding a quill for the entirety of the blacksmith's ranting, opened his mouth to speak, only to be interrupted by another tirade by the angry Reginald. Furthermore, Excalibur is not even that great of a sword. I made better with lesser metal and a lighter hammer. Reginald raised the one in his hand and threw it in a cache of finished weapons that sat just behind the interviewer. The weapons fell to the floor with a thunderous crash. But the young man, who pulled his head down to the table with his hands to avoid the projectile, never broke focus off of the blacksmith who continued talking as if nothing happened. If ye had seen Excalibur, you'd think it a dagger. A real vassal would spit at first sight of that parchment cutter. Still, too great for Arthur's feeble hands. I wager he can't lift her. 
Reginald began to laugh loudly at his words, roaring at the thought of Arthur struggling to hold his creation as he toppled over from the weight. The blacksmith continued to laugh for a good moment before slowly catching his breath, looking to the young scribe to see his reaction. Reginald's smile turned to a scowl as he saw a blank expression on the man's face. What? You not amused? The scribe answered before thinking, and an immediate fear came over him as he said, But Arthur was strong enough to pull Excalibur from the stone. The quill fell to the table and the chair toppled over as the young man stood suddenly, ready to run for the shire, hoping his slim frame was quick enough to get away, and the behemoth's size was too massive to catch him. The fire from the forge reflected in Reginald's eyes, adding to the intimidation level that sent a shiver down the scribe's spine. Both men remained in position, one fearless, the other full of it. One breathing like a dragon, the other wide-eyed, shaking and mentally evaluating his escape options, all ending with him crushed like a grape. But then it happened. An opportunity. A small piece of ash popped up from the burning coals of the forge and floated by direction of the wind, sending it straight up one of Reginald's nostrils. The blacksmith flinched for a moment before blasting a trumpet-like sneeze from out of his core, impairing him just long enough that the scribe was able to shoot past him and out of the village. He never looked back and didn't stop until he fell over from exhaustion several meters away. The young man lay in the grass long enough to see the afternoon turn to evening, the dusk turn into night. As he looked at the stars, he reflected on the conversation he had with the blacksmith. He had hoped to be able to write a story that people would read for generations. A story of a man who created one of the most iconic relics of the age. A story that any blacksmith father would be proud to have written by their son, a scribe. That was so hard to read. I don't know why I made it that hard. I, it just added to the piece. I, you know, those words were were fun to to write, and, and I, it was it was it was fun to do. And I had to read it out loud in front of the group. Um, and when I did, I was like, "This is this is impossible. Why did I do this?" And obviously, just now, it was difficult for me to to get it out. But hey, there it is. If you don't understand some of the words, uh, you can look them up. They're on my website, emsovino.me, and it's called The Bane of Alexander. Or, no, what's it called? The Bane of Excalibur. Try to read it for yourself, and uh, I'm sure a lot of people can do better than I can, but give it a try anyway. Part of the reason I started a podcast is because I enjoy listening to podcasts. And for some reason, I, I felt like I had things to say. I don't. But I wanted to do the same thing that I heard other people doing. And one of the podcasts that I really enjoy is something called um, How Did This Get Made? And I can't recommend it um, because I, I find you get in trouble when you recommend things that some people might think are not appropriate uh there's some language in that and you know i don't want to get any backlash from recommending something and somebody being offended by the fact that i liked it so i'm just telling you what i like and uh, you know do whatever you want with it but one of the episodes uh i listened to just the other day uh i was i was taking down the christmas lights from outside which is always a, a morose event you know, it's always so fun uh, seeing the lights at night, and the girls love it. And 
so I was doing that and I was listening to podcast and it was an episode about the great wall of China, but not, that's not the, it was, no, it was the great wall. I think the movie by Matt Damon and where he didn't, he didn't create it, but he was in it. And one of the things that they were talking about are the different accents that Matt Damon has in the movie. And they're not sure where he's from. He has like eight different accents. He just keeps slipping in and out of accents throughout the whole time, uh, throughout the whole movie. And it's, it's hilarious because like, where are you supposed to be from? You know, where does your character originate from? He goes Irish and English and something. We don't know what it is. And it's incredible. And like, I, I guess he just didn't care. Maybe the the span of filming was so great, no pun intended, that he like he forgot what accent he was doing before, and no one could tell him. I don't know, but it was really funny. And listening to them go through all the different aspects of the movie that don't make any sense whatsoever is a great time. And they they talk about so many different movies, and each episode is a different movie. Sometimes they do it in front of a live audience, which is even better because you get to hear the reaction of people as they're explaining it. I, li- I like live podcasts, you know, not necessarily live in the moment, but it was recorded live. And because you get to hear the audience react to things, and it's kind of like you're not like you're there, but you ever watch a movie by yourself and it's funny? It's not as funny, though, as it would be with somebody else. And so it's like that. Like, you hear these jokes, and they're really funny. They land, but they don't land as well as they do with other people around you. And when it's a live episode that's recorded, you kind of feel like you're part of the audience. And that's a perfect segue to my next announcement. Within the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be recording an episode with a guest. It's already been planned. Just have to iron out some of the details for logistics purposes, and can't wait for it. It's going to be a lot of fun. We have a topic laid out, and it's something that might go horribly wrong, but I can't wait to see what happens. It's going to be ad-libbed, no rehearsal for it. It should be great. Hey, do you like lobsters? Well, let me try to convince you otherwise. I think they're delicious. I I have no problem with eating lobster. However, I didn't know what I'm about to tell you now. I mean, of course, you know that they're bottom feeders, so they just eat whatever's at the bottom. And did you know that also includes other lobsters? They happen to walk upon, like, another one of their own. They just like, oh, I'll eat this. It's kind of like a pig, right? A pig will just eat anything. Well, so will a lobster, including its, its cousin or brother or whatever. And did you know that their feet have the same kind of receptors as our tongue? So they taste with their feet. Could you imagine walking around without shoes on and tasting the ground? I I walk outside barefoot, you know, and if you accidentally, accidentally, let's say it's dark, and you're taking out the garbage, and you have dogs. You know what I'm going to say. So I don't need to say it. But just think about that the next time you eat a lobster. Walking outside, taking out the garbage, 
no shoes on. Your tongue is on your feet. And you step in something. Mmm, lobster. They also have teeth in their stomachs. That's where their teeth are. So before the food gets into the stomach, it's chomped down by gross teeth in the layer of the stomach, which happens to be right behind the eyes. Their stomachs are right behind their eyes. Think about that. If we had our stomachs in our eyes, not in our eyes, right behind our eyes, we would have a whole population of either moderately small heads or gargantuan heads to the point where you would have people just laying on the ground on their heads with their their feet dangling and arms flailing about and we would have like a whole population of people that would have massive arms just from dragging their their fat heads across the ground I, I can't can you picture that like just these really creepy figures I don't know I, I guess if you're if you're if you're fit then it would be your head is smaller but the rest of your body like what would happen I guess that means your brain would be in your stomach so every time you get punched in the stomach you risk <laughs> you risk going into a coma or something or getting concussion and so and then so everyone would just be punching the head or kicking the head because that's just the stomach and you're like oh ugh you know but then you have the eyes to worry about and the jaw but i guess if you're a girthy person you have padding so you don't have to worry about breaking your jaw but here's the other thing like if you're if you're heavy right and all the weight is in your head and you're upside down because you you can't you're not strong enough to lift that around and and walk on tiny legs wouldn't all the blood just rush to your your head oh wait but then your brain would be somewhere else too so your brain would basically swap your brain would be where your stomach would have been so if somebody hits you and where you're in your like in your midsection that could actually cause like a concussion but they just kick you in the head. That's like kicking in the stomach. Yummy. Who wants lobster? Thank you for listening to No Green Eggs and Ham. Editing is by Yovino Consulting in Glen Cove, New York. Producers for the show are me, myself, and I. theme song was written and performed by Donnie Ronaldo on a guitar that I gave him because I don't know how to play if you reach this far in the show please take an additional few seconds to leave us a review on whatever app you're using to listen to us ramble on about nothing and share the podcast with your friends see you not see you next time